Welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz. Check us out, danontop.com. Hit me up, dan at danontop.com. Again, this is the Dan on Top show. Did you get the messaging yet? We have another great episode today. Really cool guest. Like his style. His name is Travis Watts, and he is the Director of Investor Relations and full-time passive investor at Ashcroft Capital. Travis, how you doing? Dan, I'm doing great, man. We, we dressed alike, both in... In the suit as well, which I'm oh, not wearing. I just that. think that's so funny. That is hilarious. That is really, you dressed in our theme colors. Cool. Anyway, I yeah. love it. I appreciate you being here. Thanks for taking the time and for reaching out and wanting to be on the show. So before we get into all the cool stuff that we're going to talk about, all the value add content we're going to give you, the viewers, I want to know more about you, the guest. So Travis Watts, tell us, who are you? Who am I? Wow. That's a, that's a huge question. Well, I'll tell you this, let's let's take it from a real estate approach. I knew I wanted to get into real estate before I had any money. <laughs> so <laughs> my dad gave me those those Kiyosaki books back in high school. Uh, he picked one up randomly at a garage sale, had no idea who that was, and kind of planted the seed early, I guess, as to cash flow and passive income and real estate. And so wasn't ready, you know, I was making about $8,000 per year. <laughs> so wasn't quite ready to dive uh, headfirst into that. But uh, 2009 rolled around a few years later. And in my market, real estate was about 40% down from previous wow. highs. And the government was handing out a $8,000 first uh, time home buyer credit. I and remember I said, those days. if it's not now, when is it? So that's where I dove in, started doing all kinds of active uh, single family and ended up in, in the multifamily space over time. Very nice. And that, yeah, yeah, you mentioned a very interesting Talmudic principle, imlo achshav emasai. You know what that means. But what it really means in English is, if not now, when? Exactly like you said. And you saw an opportunity. Everybody else, the sky is falling. Banks are busting. Lehman Brothers, all this craziness. And you're like, bro, they're going to give out $8,000. I'm going to buy some houses at 40% off. It's a sale. They're having a sale. And, and, and guess what? They're having, they're always, here's what I learned about real estate. They're always having a sale somewhere. There's always some part of the industry, even in a hot market yep. where there's a sale. There's always some asset that's undervalued. And that is one of Warren Buffett's primary tenants of business building. And that is to buy undervalued assets, companies, businesses, whatever it is. Because when you do that, Travis, as you know, you immediately increase your net worth. So let's buckle up, put that jacket on. I got some cool questions for you. You can take it off soon. I'm going to take mine off. It's super hot. But basically, let's talk a little bit about what you do. Tell us a little bit about what you do. I'm lazy today. I've had like 17 shows already, and I just want you to lead it. So you tell me. Get that jacket on there. You're the host. You tell me what you want to talk about. Well, Dan, I guess my message to the world is, you know, I've always wanted to help people in one form or another. Back in high school, my senior year, I wrote a little book, and it was called How to Get a, a 4.0 GPA with Minimal Effort. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Which is quite a terrible title, but the point was I didn't do that to make money. I just did that to, to try to help other people. Some things and strategies I was using that I felt would be beneficial. So my message was this. I used to talk a lot about single-family homes when I did flips, vacation rentals, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Obviously, there's still a lot of pros to doing uh, those business models, but here's what happened, Dan. I was I worked in the oil field too, by the way. I was a W-2 employee. I worked 100 hours a week. I wow. worked in Saudi Arabia. I worked out of state. It was just crazy. But you know, I was single, no kids, and I thought, you know, again, what what else am I going to do? I need to make some money if I want to be in real estate. <laughs> that was kind of my thought process. But yeah. I burned myself out. Then I mean, I'm, I'm trying to do all the single family stuff actively all the time, full time, manage tenants, find property. You know, <laughs> so you know where this leads, and so. Yeah. 
six, six years of that, which I can't believe I lasted that long. And I was completely burned out. And so I found multifamily syndications. I found, you know, ways to invest passively more in a hands-off manner that I could scale up. And then it didn't matter what I did so much actively or full-time, but I had that backing of passive income. So my message to the world is whether you're active or passive or, or undecided, I think we all need to focus at some point on some passive income because whether you want to retire or just have some more options in your life, uh, that's how it's created. I call it time freedom, freeze, freeze up your time. Yeah, I call it going from a sink to a dink, right? You were a single income, no kids, to a dual income, no kids, or double income, no kids. And it's so smart, right? And especially if you're one of those individuals who's watching. I know a lot of people are in this situation. I was in it. Maybe you were in it at some point. Maybe you're not in it now. I don't know. We'll find out. But being somebody that's a slave, as I like to call them, to a corporation, uh, to a W, as, by means of a chain called a W-2, right? Yeah. I remember freeing myself, but before I freed myself and became a, an, an independent business owner 100%, I had what you had, which is a, a, an addiction for single-family homes. You know, I was, I'm a recovering house flipper. And, and that was really just a gateway drug into commercial real estate and commercial real estate brokerage. But that transitionary period was so important. It's funny because looking back, it's been so many years. I don't even remember those days. But every time I talk to somebody who's making that transition, I remember what it felt like. And I'll tell you, if you're making that transition, reach out. Check out our website, danontop.com. Watch these great episodes. Listen to the episode with Travis Watts. Listen to the episode with all the other amazing people who talk about these things. Talk about going from a sink to a dink, you know, single income, no kids, to double income or dual income, no kids, which is incredible. He didn't even do that with a spouse, right? He did that as a single individual, right? Um, which is cool. Um, what's really cool is like when you become a quink, like a quadruple income with kids. I don't know. I don't even know. But like, you know, my wife, she does her stuff. She does her you know, financial advisory, consulting, all that stuff. I've got my brokerage, my course. It's yep. really cool because that's the beauty of this country. You can scale, you can build a business. And as you mentioned, you can focus on that passive income. So let's go deeper. You mentioned passive income and scaling up. What tips do you have to our viewers about those two topics of passive income and scaling up? Well, I think a huge misconception, because I remember being asked a long time back before I knew what multifamily syndications were or real estate private placements, someone said, why don't you consider multifamily? And the, the first thing that came to my mind was, well, hey, listen, I'm not a billionaire, okay? I'm, I'm not a Wall Street hedge not fund. Yet. What do you mean multifamily? <laughs> yeah, well, this was you know back when- This was a couple know, years ago you know, before you were a billionaire. So I, I get it, <laughs> context, fine. Yeah, exactly. Pre, Pre-billionaire period in my life. But um, <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so uh, yeah, yeah, man, you, you're making me lose my train of thought. But, um, <laughs> I know, I'm good at that. Anyway, here's here's the, the bottom line, Dan, is that you can invest for passive income with as little as $10. That's a fact. All right. And what I mean is, you know, you could buy one share of a publicly traded REIT that's yeah. trading at $10 per share. Mm-hmm. Right. And it distributes maybe monthly passive income. So maybe that's an approach that makes sense to you. Maybe it's not. But just recognize that uh, often in private placements, I'm putting less money in than I otherwise would for a down payment on a single family home if I'm having to put 25% down. So that was a huge epiphany to me is I can actually be a co-owner in a 400 unit apartment building Mm -hmm. and not just owning one tenant, one residence. So I would do some homework, some research, listen to podcasts like yours. Other people talk about it, but it came too late for me, man. I wish I would have known some of this stuff on day one and I would have done a lot of things differently, though I don't have regrets over single family like you. It was a great foundation building era, but 
you know, it, it ultimately it didn't make a lot of sense for me. I wasn't that good at it. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, there's no such thing as too late. The, the only time there's a too late is if you didn't do it 20 years ago, which is the best time, and if you're not doing it today, which is the second best time. So keep Agreed. it going, man. That's awesome. And I love private placements. If anybody wants to learn more about pi- private placements, I highly recommend an episode on my show from the co the the founder and owner and CEO of New Radio Media which produces this show Paul Benzman he's been on the show twice i think once as a guest and once he turned the tables on me and interviewed me which was fun he's like the mac daddy of private placements i've learned so much from him and i love him and i love everybody here at NRM the guys and gals in the sound booth over there thank you very much and, and Paul Benzman great guy reach out to him i think it's uh Paul B at nrmstreamcast.com um, super awesome guy. Let's talk more about that. Let's talk about private placements because it boggles my mind how many people don't know what that means. And and then when you start to think about, like, I think the quintessential example of why we have private placements is actually Facebook. Okay, uh, I don't know if anybody watched the movie. What was that movie called? It was like the social experiment or social something. I don't know. The social it? network or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's funny is I watched that right after watching The Social Dilemma. And I was like, oh, cool. I want to watch this. This is probably a recent movie. And I'm so funny because I, 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 I lived a life that was very different from this life for like 10 or 12 years. And my, my wife jokes with me that I lived under a rock for 10 years. And it's true. I did. Um and I, I see all these movies and things now that, like, I remember I worked at Amazon, and, and I was, like, this was, like, five, seven years ago. And I would, I would tell people, oh, my fiancé just introduced me to this awesome show. I've been watching it. And they're like, what is it? I'm like, Dexter. They're like, bro, that was 15 years ago. So that's the story <laughs> of my life recently. But anyway, this show, this movie about whatever you call this, social experiment, talked about private placements, but talked about really what happened when, when, when shares were diluted. So without further ado, you tell our audience, you teach our viewers about private placements, and then we'll talk about why you want things like A shares and B shares to prevent dilution. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So in a general sense and from a macro level, so a real estate private placement, we'll use multifamily as an example because I invest a lot in multifamily. So say you or someone else wants to buy a large apartment building. Okay, we'll call it a 400 unit apartment building and we'll say it's $100 million to purchase something like that. Yeah. Well, first thoughts are like probably what I used to think is, you know, I don't have that kind of money. I can't do that. Well, (laughs) so just like any other form of real estate, you're going to have to come up with a down payment if you're going to use leverage and get a mortgage. So we'll call that 25% down. And then you're going to have to come up with a rehab budget, right? Because hopefully you're, you're buying and then you're going to try to improve this property in, in a value add kind of business plan. So yeah. let's just use simple math because I'm bad at math. $30 million is what you need to come up with. Well, if, if you yourself don't have $30 million or you're not a, a fund of, of sorts or a family office, well, you can raise capital through individual investors, someone like myself. I'm a full-time limited partner investor with different groups in, in the space. So I might put, let's say, $100,000 towards that deal. So now I become a limited partner in a limited partnership structure, or perhaps you know, in an LLC structure. The general partners are the folks that found the deal. They're putting mm-hmm. the deal together. They're underwriting the deal. They're raising the capital for the deal, right? They're gonna, they're gonna find property managers to put on the deal. So for me, the benefit is I'm completely hands off. You know, I'm not having yeah. to, to take phone calls. I didn't have to find that deal myself. I didn't have to do the underwriting on it. I'm just participating in this real estate venture uh, in a hands-off capacity. And so that's kind of the yin and the yang, right? The general partners either put a little bit of their money, sometimes none of their money in the deal, but they do have to do a lot of work, right? It's a very active role. And then they're gonna get fees and splits and things to, to put these things together. 
as limited partners like myself are the passive investors. So you may have 100 of those, you may have 200 of those, depending on the size of the property. And so that's what happens. You know, it's just it's just putting people's uh, capital together in, in a very main street way, which I absolutely love. Yeah, that's awesome. Great explanation. Appreciate you dropping that gem. It's getting a little bit hot in here. Um, so that's really good. That's very valuable. What I think is interesting too is like when I finally realized what A and B shares were, right? Because like what happened with Facebook according to the movie? I don't know. I don't know Mark Zuckerberg. I don't know what happened. Mark Wahlberg, whatever his name is. Uh, anyway, I, I, um, his name is Mark Zuckerberg. I'm just joking. But some um, Mark. Everyone's Mark. Yeah. Yeah. My brother's Mark Zuckerberg. No, my brother is Mark Lukowitz. But anyway, I love that kid. He's amazing. So what happened in the movie, at least according to the situation? There was that guy with Napster, and then there was the Justin Timberlake dude, and 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 there was the one partner. And what happened was they diluted the shares, right? So let's just make up numbers. Let's say there were a thousand shares, and and I had let's just say I'm Mark Zuckerberg. No, I'm Justin Timberlake, whoever he was. You're Mark Zuckerberg. I look more like Justin. You look more like like Mark. Um, actually, no, other way around. I'm much paler in this light. But anyway, bottom line is we each have. What would I say? Five hundred shares or something like that, and then what happens? We go to get investors, but what what ends up happening is you strike a deal, right, to create A shares with the investors, and then you sell them B shares, and my shares are B shares, and now all of a sudden the the A shares don't dilute, but the B shares get diluted, and my five hundred shares are worth nothing because I got all this other capital infusion, right? So the the real way to do this with A and B shares prevents that, right? So if, let's do this the right way. You and I own there's a thousand shares. I own five hundred. You own five hundred. They're, they're undilutable, which that means is that let's say we go out and we do kind of what you do or what people do working with you, raising capital right from people like you, and we raise another million dollars, and there's a, I don't know, a million shares, dollar a share. Bad example, but roll with it, please. So at that point, those million shares, there's way more. Our thousand versus those million, you'd think it would dilute it. However, because we've got A shares and they're not going to be diluted by the Bs, then our shares still remain, and we have we might you know sell some A's to get some Bs. So we might have now, let's say, uh, 400 shares e- me and 400 shares to you, and then 20% of the company is now those million shares. So we're not diluted. We're still you know we're not. 50 50 anymore, but we're 40 40, and the other 20% is then invested, and that's dilutable. So it really protects your early investors because keep in mind, the early investors are the ones that took the biggest gamble, right? They get the biggest reward. Very cool concept. It's very fascinating to see how this works in the VC world, the venture capital world. And I love it, and I love having people like you on the show to really explain it from the inside out. So, woo, it's getting hot in here. I'm going to take off your jacket. Okay, I'm taking off my jacket. So I want to hear what else before it gets too hot with all these knowledge bombs that you're dropping. Jackets off. We're twins. This is awesome. Um, I want to know what else you want to teach us about syndication, about private placements, about anything in your space. Like take it and boil it down to 90 seconds and drop a huge knowledge bomb all at once to our viewers of the Dan on Top show. I'm going to point something out right now I've seen in the industry that I, I I dislike and I want to paint a new picture and perspective. So the industry is really divided among different conferences and different books that you read. Are you active or are you passive? You know, mm-hmm. are you doing your own deals and individual buys and you're a general partner or are you a limited partner? Are you a hands off investor? Are you a stock investor? I, I say, why not merge the two? You know, to my point earlier in our conversation, I think we all should be thinking about passive income to a certain extent at a certain period. And depending on what your situation is, you've got to grow that if you ever, like, 
like I said, want to retire yeah. or have flexibility of lifestyle. So I know a lot of general partners doing their own deals, not only investing in their own deals, but investing in other people's deals passively. It allows you to get more geographic uh, exposure and diversification, right? Yeah. So you can invest with different operators, different business models, different asset types. So th the big picture is don't, don't put yourself in, in, you know, pigeonhole yourself. Like I'm a full-time passive investor. That's true. But you know, I, there may be a day that I'm doing something actively as well uh, in, in terms of real estate. So I would just kind of look at it that way and consider both sides of the coin. Uh, there's certainly some more money to be had perhaps on the active side in, in some cases, but again, you're trading time for money. So how much of that can you really do? And to what extent can you scale it? Love it. You're absolutely right. I mean, the way I look at it too, is that you're an investor. You want to do two things. You want to add value and make money, period, right? So be that kind of yep. investor, whatever that means. That might mean buying a business. That might mean doing a private placement. That yep. might mean, you yep. know, returning to your addiction of flipping houses. That might mean being a broker. That might mean making courses. That might mean speaking professionally. So many different ways to add value and make money. And that's what I want our viewers to take from this awesome episode with Travis Watts, Director of Investor Relations and full-time passive investor at Ashcroft Capital, is add value. Everything else will follow. That's our motto at the CRE Pro Course, creprocourse.com, shameless plug. But that's also what we learned here today is add value. Everything else will follow. Remember, you want to make money being hands-off and being on your boat or being at the beach or being with other B starting words. So you want to do all those things and have fun. You want to diversify. You want to link with cool people. I had fun. I threw away the questions and just wanted to talk to you about private placements because I heard that that's what you're an expert in. And thank you very much for just rolling with it. I don't Do we unbutton? No, we're not going to unbutton. But what we're going to do is we're going to put our hand up in the air because we got Travis Watts here and he's going to dance with us. He promised he would dance. I'm Dan Lukowitz. This is Travis Watts, the Director of Investor Relations and full-time passive investor Ashcroft Capital. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. Check us out at www.danontop.com. Tune in, like, subscribe, reach out to Travis, let him know how you can help him and how he can help you. And we'll look forward to seeing you soon. <laughs>